Snack Hair Against Production. What's the name of Uncle Poochie's podcast? Uh, six Feet Under. Six, six Feet Under podcast. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever this message reaches you, you're listening to another video for the Six Feet Under podcast. I am your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Poochie. What's good, everybody? What's going on? What's going on is is I'm recording an episode with my dad. Say hi to the people, dad. Hello, everyone. Oh my God, my dad's too amped. Um, <laughs> not only am I just recording this episode with my pops, we're also shooting the first video for my YouTube channel. So I thought to myself, like, who better else to make my first video with than the first man I met? I mean, I literally came out of this man's nutsack. So, um, yeah, so that's what we're doing today. So if anything seems like equity and muffly, we're trying to do something different. Um, so, Dad, I know you're new to the program. Oh, sorry. New to the program. Uh, this is the Six Feet Under podcast. Uh, this is that thing I do downstairs at your house when I'm making all that damn noise and you're like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, this this is what I'm doing. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha, son. Okay. Because for the longest time, my father thought I was crazy just downstairs <laughs> yelling at somebody and he was like, what the hell is that noise? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah but... <laughs> And so I was like, oh, it's my new hobby, it's podcasting. My dad was like, podcasting? What the hell is that? And I was like, it's like a radio show. And he was like, oh, okay. So, so but what? I said, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what the hell podcasting was, so I had yeah. to put him on game. So, yeah, um, today's episode, you guys heard previously before, I made an episode with the... Uh, with my mom, uh, Raising Uncle Puche, part one. This is part two, because obviously if you can do the math, you can't have one without the other. So that's why there's different parts. Um, so uh, I'm gonna really much jump into it, Dad. Usually what I do is um, I call all my listeners, the family, okay. and right. say we're gonna come into the dinner table. Okay, so technically we are at a dinner table, but today we're gonna give some, we're gonna get some food for thought from you, from an OG's perspective on like being a dad. And kind of just talking about what it was like raising me for the most part, because like I like to think I just turned 28 and I'm grown and, pro, and you know, quotations grown. I ain't grown, grown. I'm not 50 year old grown, not yeah. to drop your age like that. But so it's just like you giving us some updates of like what it was like, you know, like, you know, being a father, raising a kid. Um, through three different generations, technically, because you raised a kid in the 90s, you raised a kid in the 2000s, and then just when my sister just graduated in high school, you raised a kid technically in the, the 2020s, I guess you could yeah, say, whatever, yeah, yes. uh, 2000s, I don't, I don't jump right into it. Um, you know, dad, before you were obviously uh, a dad, you were a kid. Can you sure. tell the people about like your upbringing? Before my dad even gets into this, I'll, my dad doesn't know this, but when I explain my dad to people, I call my dad a domesticated hood nigga. <laughs> and so if you're like, what is a domesticated hood nigga? What that <laughs> means is, is that he's sophisticated enough, like, you know, my sophisticated ignorance, he's sophisticated enough not to shoot you, but if he had to, the nigga would probably shoot you. <laughs> so that's that's basically, I mean, some people call it saved. Some people call it reborn. I just call it domesticated hood nigga. So dad, if you could tell the people about yourself and your upbringing and where you're from and you know, you're, you know, a little yeah. bit, of, go ahead. Okay, a little bit by myself, son. Mm -hmm. well, I grew up in the uh, state of Tennessee in Memphis. Mm -hmm. uh, my, until I was 31 years old, mm -hmm. that's when I left. Mm -hmm. uh, my upbringing, mm -hmm. you know, my mother, Mm -hmm. uh, and my dad divorced when I was about five years old. Mm -hmm. But I still had contact with my father. Mm -hmm. We still communicated even through the divorce. Mm -hmm. um, when I was a young kid growing up, you know, the people that was helping me become a man was my uncles, mm -hmm. uh, my father. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom had a friend that uh, she was really... Uh, involved with at the time of my upbringing, and he was a big part of my life also. His name was Robert. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, as a kid, mm -hmm. you know, I was involved in athletics. You know, mm -hmm. I was uh, just like any other teenager, mm -hmm. you know, involved in different situations as far as, you know, dating young ladies. And, <laughs> Guess you know, uh, and, uh, you know, just having a good time. I had a good time as a teenager. I wouldn't change anything about where I grew up at, mm -hmm. how I grew up, because mm -hmm. I learned a lot from that. Yeah, uh, It helped me 
as I became a man to be able to handle certain situations yeah. uh, because of my upbringing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when I became a a father mm -hmm. uh, back in 1992, uh, when I had two sons, uh, believe it or not, it was it was eye opener. You know, mm -hmm. I knew then that it wasn't about myself anymore. Yeah. It was about the family that I had to make sure they had the things that they needed to be successful and also comfortable as we grew. Cause I was 22 years old Yeah, when I had my first kid. Yeah, I was still growing as a man myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I was really trying to find myself at 22, but at the same time, I had a son that I had to make sure they understood uh, what this world was gonna be about. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to give them everything and all the knowledge that I had. Yeah. Were there mistakes? Yeah. I was still, as a, like I said, I'm 22 years old. I'm still growing myself. Yeah. Uh, there was things that, you know, could I have done better as a father? Yes. Uh, but uh, that's part of life. Yeah. You grow. You can grow within time. Um, but you learn from it. Yeah. And you try not to repeat those same mistakes anymore. Yeah. Uh, but raising you and your sister and your brother mm -hmm. uh, in these last 28 years, because mm -hmm. all you guys within this last 28 years, it's been, you're right, it has been a different decades, mm -hmm. uh, generations of time. Mm -hmm. um, you grew up in the, you were started in the 90s and your brother was at the end of the 90s. Mm -hmm. Your sister started in 2000. Mm -hmm. But time changed. Yeah. Time changed. You know, we went from no people having cell phones and just beepers and then from cell phones and and uh you've seen little kids at 10 years old with cell, cell phones, phones. yeah and so um, i don't mean to cut you off but there's yeah. two things i wanted to point out that my dad um stated is that uh when he was growing up he grew up with his uncles and yeah. just a sidebar note never told you guys the story at least if i probably did but anyways you love my stories while you're here mm. uncle Pucci was initially your uncle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that was that was the, exactly. the the man that I named myself after. It was initially my dad's. Well, yeah. he's, he's my uncle as well. But yeah, you know, he doesn't go by that anymore because that that part of him is now dead. Yeah. <laughs> but just yes. to elaborate, like this is the side of where I got that persona from. But yeah, you're you're not lying, Dad. You know, the times definitely changed because. I mean, I remember, you know, just to put it in perspective, I remember when like 9-11 happened, you didn't even have a cell phone. No. I, you had, you still had a pager. Yes. And like, I had, had to like, uh, find a, like a, well, you had to find like a telephone booth to call me. Like, yeah. and I was still walking home from school like this. So just to put that in perspective, guys, of how life just changes. Like, right. I, at the time I was nine, I was nine and I used to walk roughly about five miles home from school. I'd be damned if I let a nine-year-old walk five miles from school to school now. But it was yeah. different. It was a different time. It was a different area that we lived in. So exactly. you couldn't really, you really couldn't gauge things off of what your behaviors and mannerisms were when you were 31 or 22 and things like that, which is something hugely I had to learn for myself because being so much older than my siblings and whatnot, I remember thinking like, well, damn, why don't you treat them like you treat me? Or why didn't you do this like you did me? And it would be like, well, son, when, I, when this was the case, I was 25. Now I'm 35 or now I'm 45. I'm not going to react the same way that I was when I was 25 with you that I was with your, your brother when I'm 35. Like, you know, people change. Exactly. And that was, um, you know, that's a huge thing. Like you said, progression. I always like to tell people progression is measured by time, not by effort, not by energy. You can put all the energy you want to into changing something. But until you actually just allow progression to happen with time, then that's just what happens. So, yeah, no, nah, that's cool, Dad. Um, so, um, yeah, so you obviously, like you said, you had me at 22. Um, I'm sure that was completely out of the blue. Uh, <laughs> actually, I know that was completely out of the blue. Uh, that was not planned. No problem there. But, you know, life happens. Um, you know, you kind of already, like, we'll, we'll circle back around, but I'll ask you about being your favorite part of being a dad. But uh, so... The years, well, the years, I'm born in 92, but, you know, obviously I'm sure I was, you were made aware that, you know, you were about to have a child in the late 91 year, um, probably. So you, my mother tells you, you're about to be a dad. Were, mm -hmm. were you initially like jubilant? Were you happy as hell? Or were you like, oh damn, what the hell I got going on here? No, honestly, I was happy. I was happy. <laughs> oh, ladies but, and gentlemen. But at the same time, <laughs> I was, uh, I was nervous. 
Mm, okay. You know, I had uh, I had concerns. Was I ready? Mm, yeah. Was I ready to become that that father? Uh, and that's more of uh, growth mm. within yourself. Uh, I knew mm. it was coming. Oh yeah. And I had to realize that hey, the things that I love to do or things that I used to do had to change. Mm -hmm. Because uh, now you have another mouth to feed. That's true. And uh, kids don't actually be here. Uh, we as parents and as adults, we bring them here. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you get here, you know, you have to be in a situation that you can make sure that you're raising them the correct way. Yeah. Uh, yes, son, it was uh, at 22... I had a job that paid me five dollars an hour. I caught three buses. Three to buses get to, this to get job. to this job. You know, <laughs> and, and <laughs> making two hundred dollars a week, and I got a baby on the way. Now, okay, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I laugh at that story now because it's funny because that sounds fucking hard. But the reason why I laugh at that story so hard because when um, whenever I was a kid. Or like a teenager or whenever the situation occurs and my dad wants to remind me of how much better my life is than his he'll be like listen i had a baby on the way the year was 1992 or i, I caught three buses i can tell you that story front and back but it's true it is one of those things where you look at it and you're just like man you know i'm 28 and like you know the the the, the questions come up sometimes like, oh will you ever have children and i'm like i don't know i don't really think i'm ready and to think at 28 you know, with a with a steady job, a steady income, and you know, an, a college education, so, I still don't feel like I'm ready. So I can only imagine not to throw you on the bus, but that you at the time just had a high school degree, yes, diploma. So, um, you it wasn't like you were really working in a career. You were yeah. kind of just working. Exactly. You were just working, and then you were like, "Oh, I have a kid." So that must mm -hmm. have been. I can't comprehend that. I can't even it, it comprehend was, that. It was those situations. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll share something with you. Mm -hmm. Most of the males that are in my family had had kids at the age of 16 yeah. to the age of 20. Yeah. They'd already had kids. Yeah. And That's so true. I had seen that. Yeah. And, uh, so in some ways you had already like kind of broken, yeah, <laughs> broken the spell. I had. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had. even though you were still only twenty one, twenty two, it was yeah. like, damn, like you don't well, have any kids yet. Some of the, the things that my uncles used to share with me because they didn't raise any of their kids. They had kids, but they didn't raise any of them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they shared with me that you are going to be the one to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. You're going to be the one, regardless to how times are. Mm -hmm. and how tough times are mm -hmm. you're gonna break that mm -hmm. you're gonna raise a family mm -hmm. and they drilled that and my mother drilled that and my grandmother drilled that um, even right before she died and you was a little boy at the time she made me I told her at that time that uh, you was getting ready to be born and you was you just been born you babe I brought you over there to see her because she was sick Mm -hmm. And one of the things she told me right before she passed away was that make sure you take care of your son and your girlfriend. Because I wasn't married at the time, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I uh, I promised her that. Mm -hmm. And this was days, maybe a couple weeks before she passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, and she said to me, you be different. You break the cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your grandfather. Wasn't there for help us raise these kids that I had, your mother and your uncles. You see what your uncles and all of them, they had kids, but they wasn't a big part of their lives. Yeah. Uh, but somewhere down the road, that cycle has to be broken. Yeah. Can't and keep using that excuse. Can't be using that. Yeah. And so one of the things as 22-year-old, I'm young, and I'm still mm. trying to figure this thing out, me and your mother both. Yeah, we're not always on the same page at the I same mean, time. I could imagine, you know, because we're both young people. <laughs> yeah, but uh, some way, somehow, we stuck together through it all, mm -hmm. and made sure that we had the same focus when it came to the family, mm -hmm. and made sure you guys were getting raised the right way, mm -hmm. and staying in your lives, and making sure that uh, 
we challenge each and every one of you to be better. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that was the that's that's the thing that you know you asked me you know where where the fears were where the where the things come as a young twenty two year old young man with a kid. Mm -hmm. It was man, what can I give this kid? Mm -hmm. I can't give him a lot of financials, but I can't give him my heart. I can't give him my attention, and mm -hmm. I can't give him something that I wasn't around a lot myself as a steady father figure in mm -hmm. the household. So um, the, one of the questions I want to ask you, I mean, I already yeah. know the answer to this question, but you, yeah. are, you, you actually already answered it. And this is kind of a hot button, but I, um, and again, I already know your answer, but I just want to put that out there just to, to segue. So my mom's like, hey, Keith, I'm pregnant. You ever think like, yo, get rid of this damn child? Or were you just like, oh, no. okay. No, you know, I never thought about getting rid of the child. Mm -hmm. It never was. I mm -hmm. ne that was never my, my, my frame. I was actually, I was, I wanted a kid. <laughs> yeah, you, you were more excited saying? about this than she was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wanted, You man. were more excited about yeah, this exactly. than she was. Yes, I'm more excited than she was. <laughs> hey, you know, we young people, man. You're like, this guy ain't. We got, we got a five dollar job. Really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her, her logic starts breaking in. Like, like, guy, like, like, I love you, nigga. But you, you make two hundred dollars a week. Like, what, exactly. what do you want to do for me? Yeah, exactly. you know. You know Why you, you sitting here? Probably handle this situation. You're sitting we here. We still staying with mom and dad. Yeah, you know? you sitting here thinking about yeah. how you gonna have a little football player and little, shit. Little player here. <laughs> you know. You know. You know how this going through my head. Not even. But at the same time, yeah. you know. Yeah, you 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 wonder how you gonna take care of the baby and. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I had it all figured out that, hey, when it gets here, it's going to take care of itself. So, <laughs> yeah. and uh, no, man, I I never looked at it that way. Like I said, I for me, I was a late star in mm -hmm. my family. Yeah. Because my dad had me at 20. Yeah. Okay. And my uncles and I already had kids at, in their teenager years. Cousin. So I was, I had... I had broken the cycle. Yeah. I was 22. Yeah. So. I mean, cousin had, what, his first kid at 14? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. He was young. Yeah, cousin yeah, was, he was Yeah, he was young. His girlfriend was pregnant at 13. He was, he was 14 years old. That yeah. was, and we grew up like brothers. And I didn't even realize that because he's a lot older than I was that he was said had that kid that young. So. Cousin out yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Cousin was something else. Cousin yeah, still yeah. something yeah. else. Okay, so, all right, um, backpedal. Before I'm even born, right, because I asked him on the same situational yeah. questions. Um, so the year is 19, what, 88 or 89? We, we already met her. Fun fact, my dad mm -hmm. and my mom lived in the same city, but they lived on two different sides of town. So mm -hmm. my dad actually knew my mom's sisters, right? He knew, yes. knew my aunts. And he knew cousins. my and cousins. He knew oh, them, but he never knew her. I yeah, still don't understand how that worked out, but hey. i share a story with you. Okay, go ahead, Dad. I met your mother mm -hmm. at this amusement park called Liberty Land back in Memphis, Tennessee. Probably one of the dirtiest places I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so dirty. It's, I, but it's fun. I mean, it was. It's no longer standing. She was with your cousin, mm -hmm. Tara. Okay. She introduced us, me and my best friend Terry T -Black. and Lawrence mm -hmm. uh, to her. Uh, your mom, mm -hmm. she uh lovely woman. <laughs> she kind of struggles off that day. <laughs> so she curved you? Yeah, she curved me. Mom curved you she on the curved, first time you she saw her? We didn't know each other. You know, she probably had a boyfriend time. Yeah, that's and, uh, probably true. Yeah, so she, we, she wasn't interested in me at that time. But, um, you know, that's the first time I ever met her. I had never met her before, but mm -hmm. that is true. Mm -hmm. I didn't know her sisters, mm -hmm. and her cousins, all of us grew up together. Mm -hmm. uh, one of her sisters, oh, we all went to the same high school together. Yeah. Uh, twin sisters, and her cousins, mm -hmm. we all grew up as little kids. Yeah. As little kids. So we were, we were involved uh, as far as our youth mm -hmm. in our teenage years. And so you met, um, and so it's so funny, guys. You want to hear a love story? I'll tell you a love story. My dad. Uh, you were the fry cook. Yes. You were the fry cook, and my mama was a a, a cash register. She yes, worked on the cash yes, register. Yes, yes, a yes, what yes, was cashier. Yeah, was cashier. Cashier. Yeah. You see, that's my privilege, y'all. No, <laughs> anyways, um, they worked at this uh, spot. You know, I usually name drop, but I'll name drop it because it's actually pretty fire. Bojangles. That's what y'all mean. Bojangles, correct. and so. You had been working there for like a year and some change before you had initially met yeah, her? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Your mother, we had been working there together, I think, 
think we were about 16, mm -hmm. going on maybe 17. And we hadn't really, other than just kind of saw each other mm -hmm. in the store. Yeah. But as far as a major conversation, I'm going to go mm -hmm. out with you, date mm -hmm. you. Yeah. None of that ever came up. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, I was young teenager time. It wasn't right. Time wasn't right, young man. It just wasn't right. Yeah. You know, yeah, cover your tracks, Pops. Don't, exactly. don't tell them yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you know, don't tell them yourself that. So it was, you know, those days and times wasn't right. It, you know, we still trying to grow up. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think I was 17 going on 18. Mm -hmm. uh, when me and your mother started to uh, stay. Mm -hmm. uh, I had actually moved from the kitchen. Mm hmm to the front to mm -hmm. be a cashier. Oh, look at you moving yeah, on up. Yeah, it moved yeah. up. Mm -hmm. Mother was running the drive-thru, I was running the front end. And uh, we just had us to start talking to each other. Mm -hmm. um, so you start speaking game with my mom. Man. Don't even, don't even try about oh, that. Oh, man. That, that was gonna be my next question. One thing about your mom that I realized from mm -hmm. the get-go, mm -hmm. I couldn't run no game. Yeah, it's pretty much She was pretty true. smart. Yeah, that's... She, she was smart, I, yeah. you know, I, uh, in my old years of dating different women, you uh, you figure out who's gonna let you get away with what. As we and like to say in the streets, you know who to try. Yeah, <laughs> who to try. <laughs> I learned, and I think that was the thing that I was very attracted to. Mm -hmm. uh, because as a man, you need someone that is gonna tell you, hey. I'm not going for this shit. I ain't going for it. Yeah, true. Okay? True. And it's gonna help you grow as a person. Yeah. So. No, definitely. So, um, uh, before we take a short intermission break, uh, mm -hmm. I want to get into a story that was told to me. You can tell me if it's true or not. Okay. 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 So my mom says that clearly you liked her more than she liked you at first, yeah. and she would she would give you rides home. Was yeah. that she would give you rides so, home? And when she would give you rides home, you guys were like still just friends here. Yeah. You wouldn't get out of the car. You would just keep trying to talk to her the whole time. That's it's just true. she would be like, "Yo, keep That's get true. the okay." That no? is true. Okay. That right. is true. That right. was. See, um, ladies, see, the thirsty ones could possibly be yeah. your husband. You never know. If yeah, he likes you, he's going to bother the shit out of you. Your mother had a car. <laughs> I didn't have a car. And when we got off work, mm -hmm. she would take me home on the stage maybe a couple miles down the road. So she mm -hmm. would drive far. So it was part of your game? They yeah. ask her, hey, can I get a ride? Oh, man. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was, son. And, you know, and uh, she's right. I didn't want to get out the car because I enjoyed our conversations that mm -hmm. we had. Yeah. You know, you sometimes you you realize you you met the one. Mm -hmm. Didn't mean that you guys are gonna have rocky roads through it all, but mm -hmm. uh, I realized I had met someone that I could spend my life with. Mm -hmm. And uh, some heavy shit for a seventeen year old. It was, mm -hmm. it was, man. But at seventeen, eighteen years old during that time, son, I you know I was young, but I didn't think. Young, young, mm -hmm. you know. You did a lot, also yeah, by that lot. time. Yeah, I did a lot. And nothing we're gonna, lot. nothing we're gonna incriminate ourselves. Oh no, 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 no. We're not no, gonna incriminate no, ourselves no, on this. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we, we gonna leave those back in the eighties. I always say the eighties was the greatest decade ever. Yeah. Really. If anybody grew up in the eighties, they will understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, and we'll just leave that there, <laughs> ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So, yeah. uh, so okay. Um, I'm. <laughs> we're gonna take a short intermission break yeah. and then come back in just a second. Okay. Awesome. Kerrigan Sunday. This is featuring the people of Sarkerrigan's like Papa the Jester, he the boss. He is small, she the young one. Tasha, she's the great. King Mac, he's a king. Megan Better, she's always doing better. Shay LaRon, she gangster with it. Quana and Deli, you know what it is. Uncle Puche, he's five foot nine. Rodney, that's the homie. Doc, he's a doctor. Oh my god, it's Key. And we got Love Lit Journey. Making money, Mitch, you know he's gonna do it. Best friend, he's a white man. K.L. Lonnie, she a witch. Hell and Turner, them boys good. Coming soon, start carrying Sunday. How is your Um, You, now let's fast forward. The year is 1995, okay? At this point, um, you're 25. Right. And uh, you do this thing, which I, when I think about it, makes me break out in hives. Um, you got married. Yes. You hung up the jersey. Hung it up. He was like, dog, I don't want to be a player no more. 
I'm done. All right, cool. So you get married, ironically, um, June 17, 1995, 25 years ago. So congratulations on 25 years of marriage. Thank you. I Thank tell you. people that's very that's very inspiring to me because I can't get somebody's daughter to like me for 25 consecutive months. <laughs> so how the hell you got a woman to like you for 25 years? Oh, man. I don't know. So, you know. yeah. Um, so you get married, Dad. Yeah. You Did you get married... You feel like when you got married at that point, you were getting married for all the right reasons? Because you hear people say that shit all the time. I got married for all the wrong reasons. Like, I, You know, uh, when I got married, mm -hmm. you were born in 82. Yeah. So I had three years to realize uh, if uh, this thing's going to work out for me being your mother. Mm -hmm. It was some ups and downs. Yeah, to say the least. You know, uh, at 25 years old, getting married, three-year-old son boy I, I I'm taking on a challenge you know you asked me was I ready mm -hmm. I figured at this time we had been standing together mm -hmm. for the last three years mm -hmm. uh, it's not about if was I ready at the time mm -hmm. if we we're gonna be together yeah we did we, let's just get married mm-hmm you know, we stand together. We dealing with all the ups and downs. We dealing with our own different feelings about how things are happening within our lives. Yeah. And you know, I you know, I feel okay. You know, let's let's get married. Mm -hmm. And all right, jagged edge. And you know, and, and let's figure this thing out mm -hmm. uh, because right now we stand together. Yeah. We you know, we working things out outside of marriage. Let's yeah. work it out. Why are we married? Yeah, and you guys decided to get married. And like you said, at that point, I mean, you're doing all the things that it is that married people do, and but you're not married. So when you, like, because like I said, the thought of marriage makes me want to break out in hives. Like, it ain't, <laughs> it's not the fact that I, like, don't want to get married. It's just that, like, the thing you said, like, the huge portion is, like, a challenge, you know? And marriage, realistically ideally is something you want to do one time you know i mean you can get yeah. divorced but who the hell really goes into a marriage thing and get divorced right. so with with that being said you decide to get married like did you like consult i mean this is going to be kind of weird because not a lot of people are married in our family actually uh -huh. most of the people aren't who the hell did you consult with to be like yo i think i'm gonna get married like i think i'm gonna ask phyllis to marry me phyllis is my mom by the way guys yeah you know son I, i'll be honest with you i didn't consult anyone oh yeah sounds like you yeah, you know, I, you know, I, uh, I, uh, me and your mom were, were talking, and I said, "Let's get married." Romantic. What ain't romantically anything <laughs> involved, man? You know, uh, I've been with your mother for so long, and uh, and we talked about it. My one of my uh, friends of mine, he had just got married mm -hmm. previous year in '95. Mm -hmm. I was in his wedding. Terrence. Terrence, Terrence, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's my nephew's dad. Mm -hmm. But he got married. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but, uh, you know, when I thought about it, it was like, let's go do this. Yeah. You know, let's go do it. We've been together. Uh, we, uh, like I said, we, we, uh, we have uh, been through a lot together. Mm -hmm. And we had a kid. Mm-hmm. We're doing all the things that a married couple was doing. Mm -hmm. We just hadn't signed those letters, papers. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, see, the thing is, like my dad said, I was there at the wedding. I was three years old. I don't remember much in vividness um, yeah. because obviously I was three. I remember outfit my mama oh, yeah. wear. Oh, I, I did, I did I not want to wear it. I wore like some, I was the ring barrier and I didn't like the outfit. Yes. So, and you know, it made me upset. Second thing was, I was three, so I never met that was at the damn wedding. So all of them were like pulling and tugging me all these places. You know, three year olds like, who the hell are you? Get away from me. Yeah. And there's legitimately on my parents' wedding video, I'm walking down the aisle crying, crying harder than anybody in the <laughs> wedding. But I'm crying because I'm like, who the hell are you folks? And uh, I, it, it's so funny because I remember this and I was three years old. I still remember this. I remember walking down the aisle and like running behind you and you looking down at me and like, like you're like, man, be quiet. 
And looking back on it, I remember looking at your face and being like, like, God damn, son, I'm really getting married, dog. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Like, you know, at the time, it's not something I'm, like, really comprehending. But, like, if yeah. you go back and look at the photos, my dad, is he ain't sweating. But nah. he's just like, like, oh, shit, yeah. there's a lot of people here. Like, yes. there's a lot of folks oh, here. Oh, yes. I remember uh, that day. And so that was super funny. That yeah. that was that was hilarious yeah, to me it was. because it was. it was just like one of those things where it was just like you yeah. you realize you comprehend the energy when you get older. When you're a kid, you're yeah. just like, oh, what's going on here? And now yeah. like pushing thirty, like I can only imagine standing in front of preacher God, like having to say I do, and just yeah. you know you know. So that must have been interesting. So you got married at twenty five. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I kind of just asked this question: Did you ever feel like you got married too young? I was young. Yeah, you know. Um, mm -hmm. My whole life, mm -hmm. I uh, I would say this: I did a lot of things mm -hmm. uh, when I was young. Mm -hmm. You know, my life was full of things that some people probably would have waited until they was in their twenties mm -hmm. or their thirties and done. Mm -hmm. When I was doing them in my teenager years, yeah, I wonder where and I get it from. So, uh, you know, for me, uh, at twenty five, I'd done a lot. Yeah. seen a lot mm -hmm. and I felt at that point I had to figure out how to make a change for some of the things I had been doing mm -hmm. you know and so I really I didn't see that at that time mm -hmm. um, at 25 was I too young mm -hmm. um, because I, as a person myself I always felt even when I was a teenager people would say man how old are you mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I'm 13. Man, you got like you're 16. You got like you're a lot older than what you are. Mm -hmm. And I always got that. I mean, my mindset has always been pretty, pretty broad, mm -hmm. and and I always carried myself. Very mature for your mature age. Mature for my age, yes. Yeah. So at 25, when I was getting married. I'm like, okay, you know, hey, I'm ready for this. Mm -hmm. You know, um, was I? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Thanks for the honesty, Pops. You know, uh, Hell no, exactly. I was not. I was not. No. I was not know, ready one I, bit. Twenty-five. I'm still growing my mind. I would wake up in the morning and I would say to myself, "Man, I still feel like that same eighteen-year-old kid." Yeah. You know. Yeah. In my head. Mm -hmm. You know. And so, uh, yeah, you know, at that age. Yeah, I was young, mm -hmm. but people ask me all the time, how, how do you do 25 years? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you do it? Uh, you got to take a little and you got to give a little. Mm -hmm. And uh, you Preach. have to be able to understand that in uh, as a marriage, all the lovey-doveys and all the things that happens when you first get together, Mm -hmm. And everybody's all peachy yeah. and honeymoon phase, honeymoon and thing. all that stuff fades away, and this <laughs> thing becomes more of okay, we got bills to pay, we got kids to raise, we got financial situations that has to be taken care of. All that starts to weigh on you mm -hmm. as you in a marriage. Yeah, and others can accept that, and others can't. Yeah. Um, but you have to have a common goal within each other. You both are different. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be things within that relationship that you're going to have that's going to allow you to be the same. And yeah. as you work through those difficult times, it's something that's going to keep you together. Yeah. That situation that having, hey, we are going to raise this family. We're going to stick with this family. We're going to take care of our kids. We're going to make sure that regardless of what happened to us, we're going to respect each other Yeah. Uh, through it all. Yeah, that was one thing I remember uh, you always saying is that, listen, and mom said it too, was like, listen, when bills ain't getting paid, ain't nobody worried about getting laid. No. <laughs> That's the last thing. If, if the bills ain't getting paid, ain't nobody worried about getting laid. And no. if the person you dating or dealing with is worried about getting laid and you're yeah. behind on bills, probably not somebody you want to be dealing exactly. with like exactly. you know that's yeah. just only so far all that stuff can bring you because yeah it's, it's it's a real thing i mean i'm 28 you know and 
sometimes I feel like at 28, I feel like more so now I'm getting to a point where like I don't respond the same, I don't react the same. First Corinthians mm -hmm. 13, 11, you know, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, reacted like a child. Mm -hmm. When I became a man, I put childish things behind me, you know? And it's one of those things that, you know, you can say that, but it isn't until, like you said, with progression and time and stuff like that, as you move forward with the experience, like you said, you were 25, still waking up thinking like an 18 year old, uh -huh. you weren't 18, but it was just like, just the, the energy, the time, uh -huh. the lack of experience, the, um, the, um, you know, your focus on things. Uh, -huh. uh, like we were talking about the other day, you know, sidebar, me and my dad were talking about, uh, something and like women came up and my dad was like, listen, I'm, almost, I'm 50. I don't get out of bed for women. Okay. <laughs> women right. don't, women like, like I see a woman, she looks good. What the hell am I going to do with her? And it was super funny because like I said, I was like, I'm 28 and like, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near 50, but because I have different goals and things I want to get done, like I see the same thing. Like I see a beautiful woman. And I just see her, I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful woman. Yeah. All right, you know, like I treat them now like, I treat women like artwork and not like chicken yeah. anymore. Yeah. I used to say to people, you treat women like chicken, they're good, they smell good and they taste good. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now it's artwork. You just look yeah. good and you're just something I don't yeah. touch. <laughs> like it's just like, all right, girl, I got something I got to do right now. Yeah. Which and that's not to down women or downplay the idea of love, but I think what you're trying to insinuate, as you used to insinuate to me a lot of times, was that, you know, you're too young for this. Mm -hmm. You have, well, no, you would, no, what you would say is you, there's a time and a place for this. There's always yeah. time for it. So I'm like, you don't have to rush into being 25. Cause I, you know, I told you this before, it's like one of my biggest uh, falters was I would try to mimic the things that my dad did, you know, it'd be mm -hmm. like, okay, my dad was married by 25. So I should be married or, you know, somewhere close to being married by 25. Mm -hmm. Oh, my dad had two kids by 29. Like, oh, it should be somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're just like, yo, this was one, a whole different generation, you know what I'm saying? And two, a whole different time period. And it like kind of was like a like that was laid upon me when you once told me you like you know son honestly dude if I could go back I wouldn't have done none of this the way I did it you know mm -hmm. he was like I would have done some of the things the way I did it but a lot of the things I did I would have never done them like mm -hmm. the way I did it mm -hmm. which was boggling to me because you know when you're a kid you think that um, your parents are superheroes you know yeah. you think that you mean because they're the first people you know you know. So, you know, it becomes astonishing to you when you, when one, you figure out they don't know everything, mm -hmm. one, and then two, you figure out that, like, they make mistakes themselves, like, they yes. are not perfect. Exactly. So when you were telling me, like, nah, dog, like, that's not, I mean, like, yeah, I did that, but, like, honestly, son, that's not right. Like, I really wish I hadn't did that. I really wish you hadn't seen that. I really wish mm -hmm. you wouldn't, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. That was just part of me, like, growing up. That started making me look back at my life and being like, all right, well, maybe, maybe I'm doing things differently. Maybe I'm doing things wrong and we talked about this back when i first before i before i started doing this podcast we talked about this and i was like well maybe you know maybe i'm just moving in the wrong direction you know i thought i was moving in the right direction but i was moving in the wrong direction which is you know that's a part of life you know like you it's okay that was actually my very first episode that it was actually it's okay <laughs> it was okay to look back at life and just be like you know what i thought i was doing the right thing but I was not, <laughs> you know, like as long as you don't murder someone or, you know, I don't know, like, you know, you know, sexually assault somebody like that's pretty much anything in life you can look back on and just be like, hey, you know what? I'm I, you know, if I give another chance, I can do this over with do this over again. But if I'm not even given another chance, like I just know I'm learning from this. So, yeah, that's that's a big thing, because I, I know what used to blow my mind was you're 15. Mm -hmm. I'm 28. And I used to, um, I was talking to our, our Uncle Poochie, Uncle Ronnie, uh, is what he goes by now, um, by this. And I, I told him, I was like, you know, the thing that hit me up in my 20s was I thought I would learn a life lesson once and never have to repeat it ever again. So it would be like, okay, I learned this at 21. I'm 22 now. I don't have to learn this again. I don't do this again. And, you know, you know, just to give some back lead to Uncle Ronnie, like he's lived a couple of lives, you know, been incarcerated, got out of jail, did his own thing, you know, mm -hmm. been, a, been a smart man. And he was like, Uncle Ronnie, I think he's like 65, 65. Now. Yeah. yeah. And Uncle Ronnie told me, he was like, listen, man, there are life decisions that I made at 40 and I'm still learning at 65. Like you just, life's just one big, huge ass cycle yes, of just is. hoping that you don't continue to make the same damn mistakes over and over again you know that's when it becomes a problem when you start making the same mistakes over and over again you're not learning from your mistakes one of my homeboys dom told me he was like listen man one of your problems is keith you need to learn how to hold your l's 
And by L's, I mean your lessons, not mm -hmm. your losses. You know, stop looking at things that you didn't get right the first time mm -hmm. as a loss. How can you say you lost? You didn't know what the you were doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You didn't right. know what you were doing at that time when you were doing it. Now, if you could come back again and you known how to get past this and you do the same thing again now, now you're just causing problems to yourself. You know, you just, which a lot of people do that, but you know, in due time, it's just something folks have to figure out on their own. I know one of the things my dad's pretty much taught me with getting older is my dad's not much of a talker, uh, whereas he's more of like a doer. Like my dad's, <laughs> my dad's not gonna tell you multiple times. Like like if he has to tell you multiple times, he's probably just gonna do it in the damn self. You know, that's just what it is. That's if he even tells you actually. Like sometimes he'll just get up and do it and just be like, well, this is what I wanna do. And so this yeah. is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going. It's a good thing sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it's a bad thing, <laughs> but uh um, but one of the things I've learned from my dad is that, which I had to learn the hard way, was that you can bring a fool to a thought, but you can't make them think. You can only mm -hmm. tell people so many damn times Second. that you're right and they're wrong until you're blue in your face. And here's the thing about it is, is that no matter how right you are about something, you're still wrong to others. You know, your truth is your truth. And so it's just like one of those things that, you know, life isn't a one size fits all fairy tale. I had to learn that the hard way. I was like, man, I, why can't I just do this this way? Like how so-and-so did it. I was like, fuck it, that's not your life. That's why you can't do it that way. This doesn't work out like that. So, all right. So now at this point, fast, fast forward already up to present day, um, you are 50. You are now, all your children are by definition grown with my sister turning 18 in about two weeks. Um, my brother's 21. I'm 28. Uh, you'll be shipping them off to college soon. Uh, now that you're like 50, you're on like your second portion of life. How do you see your life? What do you think you'll be doing moving forward now that, I mean, you've by definition raised your kids. Yeah. I mean, you'll still be always raising them, but yeah. now you, you don't really have to like raise them in the sense of like pick them up from school, take them here and go there anymore. So yeah. what's life now after, you know, after the you kids know, now, the kids now, you know, I, uh, I'm not spoken to you about this. Mm -hmm. I, I want to, I don't have, my kids are, they'll always be times, they, you know, regardless how old they get, you still have knowledge and you still have things to continue to mm -hmm. help them grow. Yeah. You know, but as you guys are leaving the house and, mm -hmm. and no longer under our roof anymore, you know, I still, as a person, um, uh, I, my ministry now is to, really connect with the youth mm -hmm. uh and not just just youth adults mm -hmm. also younger adults mm -hmm. and because i get questions all the time mm -hmm. you know even when i work here you know like 25 years what is, I mean, what is it gonna take i've been married two mm -hmm. years and i share stories with them mm -hmm. you know so you know my next life for me is to really mentor young people mm -hmm. and to uh ministering them through the times and the tough times they have to be a voice or uh, someone to be able to hear what the issues are. Times are different. Mm -hmm. I can't. Say the I, yeah, I can't look back and when, you know, when I grew up, how things were. Mm -hmm. I was trying to look at the the picture of today. Yeah. And where the kids are dealing with, what adults are dealing with today. Mm -hmm. You know. Social media, we didn't have it. Mm. Cell phones, no. we didn't have them. Mm. You know, they were some big old phones that you could put in your car. Like, they had no damn up. cameras on it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, we didn't have cameras. And mm. Now, anything you say, mm -hmm. you do, it, you do, <laughs> could be recorded or played on television. Misconstrued it. Yes. And, and you have to be very careful with your words, but. That's what I want to do. Um, I want to continue to see you and your brother and your sister go off to, to do the things that y'all like to do and mm -hmm. accomplish the things y'all want to accomplish in your life. That's what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And um, your mother mm -hmm. accomplishing the things she wants, her goals. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's if my family's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. You know, because I feel that they, they are doing the things in there. They're accomplishing things they're doing. But yes, you know, at 50, man, I had, well, I woke up that morning. I'm like, God, I mean, 50, dude, it's, it's, it's going up, you know? <laughs> and I, you know, I was listening to a pastor on television one day, 
He said, you know, the older we get, we realize we had less years on this earth mm -hmm. than we were when we were younger. Mm -hmm. um, not mean that you can't die young, but yeah. you're getting older. Yeah, you're getting um, closer to the end. You're getting closer to the end, so you really mm -hmm. want to make sure that while you're on this earth, you are giving back to the people and you're giving yourself back to people that wants to be helped mm -hmm. and you being open to situations when you would say, I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. Now I make the time mm -hmm. to be able to uh, give back mm -hmm. uh, when uh, when I was younger and I was just you know, scratching and crawling just to make the days mm -hmm. come together. And, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, for me now, things are just slowing slow down, Keith. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I realized that you control what you can control. Mm -hmm. You cannot control others. Control your controllables. You know, and what you do is say, hey, uh, I'm here to help. You know, and I'll help you through whatever, but I can't control people' behaviors no. anymore. Um, but I'm willing to to help anyone uh, uh, through whatever uh, conversation they might need from me or yeah. things they might need. Yeah, yeah. no, that's uh, one of the things is is that um, it's kind of crazy because you, you said the world is different, and it is. It, yeah. I mean, shit, what? coronavirus ain't gone like, you know like all the, the 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 wackiness is going on in the world but one yeah. of the biggest things is it's just um with my dad i know that's like so cool is that my dad's 50 and for the most part like you know as you see my father he has a wife a kid and that's not what you generally see portrayed on television of, of a black man you know what i'm saying um you know before you know let's just say what was it? Maybe Cliff Huxtable. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yes. Cliff Huxtable. Yeah, Maybe uh, Uncle yeah. Phil from Fresh Prince. Like, yes. I can't really, the list don't really go that damn long of black mm -hmm. men who are like, okay, you're happy with one woman and you're in, and you have kids by that one woman and you're, you know, you're fine with that. Like, you know, so that's just one of those things where it's like, I know my dad had to wake up and was like, dude, I'm an anomaly. There's, there's, I mean, there's men like me, multiple men like me out there in the world, but the betrayal of what I am and how I handle myself. I, you know, I did an episode once before about that dad was like, I was talking about, you know, the authentic black men and how like, you know, if you're not, I don't know, got face tattoos or got gold chains on and toting a gun, most people are like, you ain't black. And it's like, man, what the fuck yeah. does that even mean? Yeah. You know, what, what yeah. the fuck does that even mean? But it's just like one of those things where, yeah, it's perception, which not saying that that's not blackness. I mean, there's different shades of black, yeah. but it's definitely one of those things where it's cool that you were like, hey, listen, I've made it this far in life. A lot of people did not. Um, secondly, like I did it a different way that most people don't perceive that black mm -hmm. men can even do it. Um, and now I have the, 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 you know, the honor of like trying to bestow that onto, you know, the youth. So, yeah, man, you kind of answered my question, but you know, with that being said, we're going to close it out, but, uh, any suggestions to not just young black men, but I mean, we direct it to young black men cause that's all we have ever been our whole life. Yeah. <laughs> um, Before any suggestions to just men out there, you know, who just are kind of trying to be on the straight path, any suggestions, anything? Well, yeah, I, I tell you, young people, uh, you know, life in in this world is different. Uh, it's uh, situations as a as a man. I'm not just gonna say black. I'm not just gonna say white. As a man, as a whole, because uh, I know you, your audience is broad. Mm -hmm. uh, you you want to make sure that you are doing the things in life that's gonna keep you respectful. Mm -hmm. You wanna make sure that you educate your mind. Uh, whatever you decide to do in life, okay? Make sure that you give it your all. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid <laughs> to go after your dreams and your mm -hmm. goals. And all the things that you want in life that you see others might have right now, mm -hmm. Okay, doesn't mean that you won't have it down the road. Mm -hmm. If you work hard enough, you'll accomplish everything that you have. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you give a hundred percent to the things that you want, they will come true. Mm 
you know, for my young fathers out there today, that's being a father for the first time and going through their first Father's Day for the first time, or has been fathers for a very, for a very long time. Uh, continue, if you're not with that mother, continue to stay in that kid's life. Mm -hmm. Be a positive influence in that kid's life. Mm -hmm. As a kid, you do look up to your adults. Mm -hmm. You do look up and you see other fathers, kids out there, they're involved with their fathers. And you, in this day and time with everything so open, mm -hmm. when I grew up, when our mothers and fathers divorced, it was just that. Yeah. You didn't have the, the social media to say, yeah, your father's over here doing this, your father's doing that. And that was, you know, you it, know? It, it, we, before we close it off, that was one thing I, I told my dad was like, dude, if I could, I mean, like I'm, I'm appreciative of the time period I live in now. But if I get into to a time machine, I mean, I can only go far as back as like 1970 because I ain't going to the 60s or the 50s. I ain't getting my ass whooped. Uh, <laughs> um, that like, you know, that must have been one hell of a different time period to be like, okay, when you left the house in the 80s and 90s, um, you know, what girl is in the 70s, you know, and stuff, there was no social media to be like, oh, did you see what your daddy did today? Or like, did you, it's like, no, not see him. And that was, that was it. You, I, nope, there was, and you know, for the better of that, of being like, hey, I didn't see it. So it was kind of easier, not easier, but it made your detachment a little bit different to be like, I don't see this person. So it is what it is. Uh -huh. Where now you can stalk somebody on social media. You literally have to be like, yeah, I'm not watching them. And then, like, the upside of that is just, like, unless somebody was there, ain't nobody be able to tell what was going on, you exactly. know? Um, yeah. But, uh, but no, that you, you're you right. It's a different time frame. And uh, I chuckled at the portion when my dad said, um, don't, um, you know, give it your all. Because if I could share a short story, before my days to whoop my ass, <laughs> I didn't get many ass whoopings, but I got a couple. Before my days to whoop my ass, he would always say, listen, <clears throat> there's a time to play. There's a time not to play. And right now, it's not the time to play. And then you proceed to take that damn leather belt off. <laughs> but, 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 but after he would give me a whooping, one of the things I remember my dad would always say, and it was just like, you know what I'm saying? She used to get on my nerves. He'd be like, no, your problem is you half ass shit. And I was like, how do I half ass something? What the fuck do you mean I half ass it? Because now as an adult, you can definitely tell when somebody's half assing something. And one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves which I get scolded on all the time is that, and maybe, you know, it's just maybe because of my dad, I cannot stand when someone half-asses something. Either just don't do it or fully, I don't know what to tell you, like, but don't just show up and give me lukewarm, you know, behavior. I'm like, dude, I, I could deal without this, you know? But um, dad, I mean, thank you so very much for being on the show. You're welcome, um, son. You know, hopefully we'll have uh, more shows to come. Exactly. Um, uh, guys, I really appreciate you all for listening. I'm gonna go ahead and close this out. You listen to another episode of the Six Feet Under podcast. I am your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Pooche. And like always, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please remember to allow the peace to kill the evil that is coming from within you. And until next time, y'all, I'm out. Say goodbye to the people, Dad. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>